theextraordinarychurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Jesus, and we give you praise. Yes, God, you do miracles. Hallelujah, you do miracles. If you know he's a miracle-working God, come on and bless him. He's God above it all. Praise God. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father above all, through all, and in you all. There is only one, and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I am so thankful. I look forward to this every week. I look forward to the lives that are going to be changed. I look forward to my life being changed. I look forward to the people that are going to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. I look forward to those that are going to receive the baptism of his spirit. I look forward to the relationships that are going to be restored. I look forward to the lives that are going to be changed. Praise God. Open up your Bibles with me to the book of John chapter 1. And if you don't have your Bible, we're going to, you can direct your attention to the screen. But if you do, I want you to get your Bible out and get that Bible app, if you will, on your device. Open up that Bible app, whatever it is, on your tablet. Your, I'm not going to even refer, like, tablet, what? iPad. Praise God. That's really the only thing to have. Get out your iPad. Praise God. I think Pastor Barry got an iPad. Praise God. He's seeing the light partially, partially. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Open up that Bible app, if you will, on your phone, your smartphone. Um, And I want you to repeat after me. We declare this by faith. This is my Bible. Praise God. It is the Word of God. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I can have what it says I can have. My God, if you believe that, you need to give him praise. These are the governing documents of the kingdom. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, here it is. John chapter 1. I'm going to read 14 verses, so stick with me. And then I'm going to read one out of the message. This is out of the New King James. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God praise God and the word was God he was in the beginning with God all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it there was a man sent from God whose name was John This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, talking about John, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. 
praise God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. I love, and I'm not, I, my, my favorite translations are the New King James, the ESV, and the New Living. Uh, the message is not a translation, it's a paraphrase, but I want you to hear what it says. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Praise God. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to preach and continue this uh, kingdom series for a little while longer. I think this might be it today as I feel a little something uh, different for next Sunday, but I might pick it back up later. I want to preach this thought, kingdom dominion. Kingdom dominion. I thought about a subtitle. I mentioned it earlier this week, but I just thought the subtitle, if there is one, we've come to take over. We've come to take over. Help me pray in the name of Jesus. Father, help me today in your name to preach and to teach your word. I'm releasing the gift of faith in this house, God. I thank you that your angels are ministering in this place. I thank you for your word which brings illumination and I pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would come upon all of us today. I pray that all of us here would not just see ourselves as people in the church, God, or as church members, but that we would activate the faith that you've given us. Let there be a shift in our mentality and in our understanding so that there can be kingdom alignment, so that we can do what you've called us to do. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done here in the greater Toronto Hamilton area. And we'll give you the thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands unto him? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Much has been said of the gospel of Jesus Christ and I think it's necessary and the responsible thing for us to do is to preach the things we already know so it can be reinforced in our understanding sometimes oftentimes I was did y'all see me I'm so used to her being up I looked like she was just praise God I mean man she just pulled like a, the Lord one minute she was here Jesus just walked right through the wall. I don't know if y'all praise God. I think might have to come back on up here so we can have some conversation. Praise God. Anyway, there's something about preaching what we already know. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I love fresh bread. I love new things. And I, I want revelation abounding in my life and in the life of extraordinary church. But sometimes you just have to preach what oftentimes we already know so that the truth of God's word can be reinforced in our lives. Can somebody say amen? <laughs> Praise God. We need that because we need simple doctrinal sound preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ it is the gospel that changes lives can somebody say amen my life was changed by the gospel and the gospel of Jesus Christ is the birth the life the death and the resurrection of God in the flesh and his second coming and can I tell you it's good news for a reason because he's coming and he's coming again soon praise God I don't know about you but I'm looking for the Lord's return I'm waiting as a matter of fact there was something I was joking I knew it wasn't it because it'll happen in the twinkling of an eye but 
up they were having like some type of car show close to where we live and the music was so loud and the bass was kicking so much our house certain things in my bedroom were shaking and I thought oh Lord praise God is this it Jesus I was like I'm ready because this world is not my home. Praise God. There is a city whose hands and maker, I'm telling you, are God. I'm looking to live in that city. The gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we need. The gospel. But oftentimes today, Christianity has found itself stumbling into different directions. Can I tell you that the gospel is not how do I improve my life? It's not how do I make my life better? Now, you do improve your life, and your life gets better if you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. But the gospel is not seven steps to a new financial reality. The gospel is not seven steps to peace in my marriage. You can have a better financial reality when you're in alignment with the gospel, and you will have a better marriage and peace in your marriage as a result of believing the gospel. But can I tell you, the gospel is not here to merely improve your life. The gospel is here to transform our lives. And listen, the gospel talking about the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and his second coming, that is the gospel. Everybody said the gospel. And if we preach the gospel, good things will happen in our lives. If we believe it. The gospel of Jesus Christ is good news. And I've got good news for the greater Toronto or Hamilton area. Jesus Christ is alive and well. Praise God. We need him. We need him. You don't need a new car. You don't need a new home. Don't get me wrong. None of those, there's nothing wrong with any of those things. But you need Jesus. Only he can give you a new beginning. Only he can turn your world upside down. And while there is only one Jesus, if you know anything about your Bible, you'll understand that there are four Gospels. Four Gospels. The Gospel of Jesus Christ according to Matthew and the same prologue with Mark, Luke, and then obviously John. And within each of these four Gospel accounts, the writers provide a prologue or an introduction that give us initial clues to the interests that govern their respective accounts of Jesus's life and his earthly ministry. Have you ever wondered if you look at Matthew and if you look at Mark and Luke and even John, if you look at the Gospels, have you ever wondered why the Gospels all begin with a different kind of introduction? Every one of them has a different audience. Matthew, for instance, is writing the opening prologue and he begins with the genealogies which identifies Jesus as a descendant of both Abraham and David. Two, it supplies all of the credentials that connect him to his messianic kingship because Jesus, you have to understand Matthew was assigned primarily to communicate to a Jewish audience. This is why Matthew ties everything about Jesus back to his Jewish roots. Mark, Mark is really compact. As a matter of fact, the moment you begin to open up the book of Mark, you'll see one word in particular pop up almost all the time. Immediately, immediately, immediately. Mark immediately goes to the baptism of Jesus because he's trying to establish him as a son and a servant. Luke provides the physician. He provides the remarkable detailed account of the announcement 
and the actual birth of not only Jesus Christ, but also John the Baptist. Then it is John, which I read to you today, that makes the most dramatic use of an introduction in shaping the contour of the particular understanding of Christ or the Christological emphasis, if you will. John is trying to persuade us the Jews and really the entire world to understand that Jesus was not just a Jewish son of Mary. John didn't just take us through a Jewish lineage. He's not trying to portray Jesus as a member and a player of a larger Roman world, although obviously he was. No, John bypasses all of the details of Jesus' conception and his Jewish roots. In fact, John goes back all the way before Mary, before Joseph, before David, before Jacob, before Abraham, before Adam. And he says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through him. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. And John is building this prologue, this introduction. And as he's building, he's crescendoing, if you will, into the 14th verse of John chapter 1. And this is really where the climax of the prologue begins or, or can, it hits or reaches this point. that When John says it, John chapter 1 verse 1, that in the beginning, this God that is the word and the creator of life and all things. And then he gets to verse 14 and he says, and the word became flesh. And dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory is of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth God became flesh and blood like the message said the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood this this is a startling fact in fact, it's, it's so profound that it has become a bedrock of Christian teaching, and it's called the incarnation. See, the incarnation is this, this doctrine, I'm talking about teaching, that God put on flesh. The God who created the heavens and the earth. The God who was that logos, the manifested word. The God who created all things through him and all things exist. The God who existed before time. The God who needed no one to vote him in and no one to appoint him. There is you, this is the incarnation. And there is a word in the theological world that we use called immutable, meaning that he is God all by himself. He consulted no one. He asked nobody. He went to no one for counsel because he is, and there was no one before him to go to. He is God all by himself. And he said, let there be light, and there was light. And this God created all that we see. He became flesh. We call it the incarnation. And in fact, there's been a lot of buzz over the last 15 years or so thought emerging in the theological world it's a concept called incarnational ministry so God became flesh and moved into the neighborhood I want you to understand it it would have been impossible for him to help me had he remained in heaven I'm thankful that he came here 
<laughs> See, had he never wrapped himself in flesh, he could have never helped me. Had the Lord never come in the flesh, he could have never helped you. Why? Because the lamb that was... He was the lamb that was slain from the foundations of the world. And in order for him to be the lamb that was slain, whose blood can atone for the sins of lost humanity, he actually had to taste humanity and be exposed to temptation. And the book of Romans says he had to conquer sin while he was in the flesh. He could have never been my high priest had he not come to the neighborhood. He could have never reconciled me unto himself had he walked down through had he not walked down through 40 and two generations coming through the womb of a virgin girl named Mary. He could have never been my high priest had he not been touched with the feeling of my infirmities. Is there anybody thankful that God put on flesh for you and me? And more importantly, are you thankful to know his name? His name is Whew. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. 1 Timothy 3.16. Praise God. I'm thankful God became flesh. See, the incarnation is God becoming flesh tangible flesh that's so significant for what God has assigned for me to do today because I don't want to preach about the power of the incarnation oh though I could I want to preach about the model that Jesus displayed when he went from heaven to earth we used to sing a song back in the day I didn't grow up in church though but you came from heaven to earth my debt praise god we got a singing church praise god from the cross to the grave from the grave to the sky lord i lift your name on high praise god he came from heaven to earth this is the incarnation that god came in the flesh and he becomes a model of ministry that you and i are to follow so here's a phrase that i would like for you to consider it's not incarnational ministry it's incarnational living. It is the idea of ministering as we follow the model of Jesus Christ who came from to. Hear me, just like Jesus couldn't have helped me or he couldn't have helped you had he not come from heaven to earth. It might be very difficult for us to help our cities and communities that we are living in unless we are willing to leave our from and go to. Whew. See, sometimes churches think that church itself is an end in itself. But you err greatly if you think the church is about you. You are mistaken. Can I tell you, the church has never been about us. Our church is not an end to itself. We are not here for each other. We are here to grow closer to Jesus Christ, to be transformed daily into his likeness, and to touch the lost and see others transformed by the power of his spirit. That is why we exist. In other words, we exist so that ordinary people 
can experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. If you believe that purpose, give him praise. See, I'm not trying to beat anybody up, and I'm trying to be nice here because I'm a nice guy. But this nonsense of getting saved and coming to church and making it all about us, that cannot be found in your Bible. <laughs> we are not saved just so we can make Christians happy. We are saved because when Christ saved us and we experienced his new birth, he filled us, with, filled us with his spirit. He sends us back into a dark, dying world. And when we get there, because of the God within us, something in the spiritual atmosphere has to change. Suddenly, depression has to go. Suddenly, homicides have to stop. Suddenly, racism has no authority. Suddenly, alcoholism has no power. Suddenly, divorce has to come down. Why? Because we are here. The kingdom of God is living in us, and we have been called to manifest it in the world that we live in. I'm here to take over. It's time for kingdom dominion. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. In, in, incarnational living is us following the lead of Jesus Christ and becoming an ambassador of the kingdom of God as a representative of Jesus Christ, allowing his spirit to work through our lives in redemptive and transformative ways. And hear me, I believe we have the coolest church in Canada. I give God praise for each of you. I, I just, I, I sung like two words and everybody just started chiming in, praise God. You know, we have compassionate, loving, spirit-filled leaders and pastors. Our worship team is second to none, praise God. What God has done in the past three and a half years is great. But if you think we've worked hard just to arrive here and to lose our identity as a sending church, you have lost your ever-living blessed mind. We are here. I am not satisfied or content. Everything that we do is a tool to reach people. But I want you to know, I, hear me, all the cute lights and all this stuff that we do as a mobile experience is fine. But there is nothing like seeing the tangible love of God impact people that are hurting, impact people that are lost, impact people that have no hope. We have hope. We have an answer. And his name is Jesus. This is why we're here. I'm telling you right now, we've come to take over. We've come to bring hope. We've come to bring love. We've come to bring life. And it's all in him. The fullness of the Godhead is all in him. And his name is... We've come, I didn't come, I, I say this all the time, but I didn't come from Florida to be cute and have patty cake church. I came to launch as many campuses as we can imagine. I've come to see schools built. I've come to see us have our own hospitals. I've come to see us have our own nonprofit agencies that are impacting and rehabbing the community. I've come to take over. I've come to see the kingdom of God made manifest in the greater Toronto, Hamilton area. And if you come to see the same thing, you ought to give God praise. I didn't come to just sit down and be cute. I came to reach this lost and dying world. I've come to see lives changed. And I want you to hear me. See, Jesus could not change our hearts without coming to earth. He had to move into the neighborhood, Rome. He had to. He moved into the neighborhood. 
called humanity. Praise God. Notifications, beautiful thing. He moved into a neighborhood called Earth, specifically. He moved into an area called Israel. He went into the neighborhood. His life, death, and resurrection were powerful because he came from heaven to earth. Listen, I want you to hear me. Listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. Jesus descended into greatness. Some of you are looking for your purpose. Why am I here, Lord? What am I supposed to do with my life, Pastor? I can't find my assignment. Are you ready? Descend into your purpose. Descend into your greatness. See, some people want to stay up here and be cute and live on a perch and live out their purpose in that perch. But sometimes God will take you off of your perch and strip you of all of your pride. Can I just tell you, you want to preach to people? Praise God. Find some homeless people that nobody else wants to talk to and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. You want to preach to people? Can I tell you? Find some colleagues and teach them a Bible study. You want to lead worship? Fine. Praise God. I'm thankful you want to lead worship. But can you find Find an assisted living community and lead them into the presence of God, singing your heart out and blessing him. You want to be used of God? I praise God for that. Find some people in your city nobody else is reaching and love them with the love of God and watch God do something in your life. What I want to know is I know you're called to ministry, but what you have to understand is ministry is service. Ministry is not a spotlight. This, can I just tell you, this is the least amount of ministry that is done all week. The singing that they do is the least amount of ministry they do all week. But what are you willing to do privately when nobody else is watching? How many of us, see what most of us want is to just sit up in our perch and find our purpose but we must follow Jesus and descend. I remember when I was so full of myself, my, I call him prophet, but he told me, he said, son, that's your problem. See, by the way, you need people in your life that will lovingly tell you about yourself. He said, that's your problem. You're, you're too proud. I said, I, I didn't say it, but I was like, what are you talking about, proud? He said, he said you, you, you think this is about you. You think this is about you. This has got nothing to do with you. He said, you need to get over yourself. He said, what you need to go do is go to an assisted living center and buy some flowers and buy a card or some candy and go, go visit and go talk to somebody and, and do what Jesus would do. Can I tell you, I, I did that. I was broken. I said, you know what? You're right, prophet. I do think this is all about me. Forgive me, Lord. I began to repent and I went to the drugstore. I went to, oh, what? Walgreens. Praise God. It took me a minute. Y'all know I've been there a long time now. Praise God. I was like, what's the name of that, that drugstore? Made me think of Boo when she used to say the druggist. <laughs> oh, my church mama. She's with the Lord now, but she used to say the druggist. Praise God. You talk about the days where the, it sounded like the drugstore was also the grocery store. Praise God. But anyway, I went and I got, I got some things and I got a card and got some flowers and I showed up at the assistant uh, living community and, and went to the front desk 
And I said, listen, um, this is going to sound crazy. I, I'm not quite sure why I'm here, but I have something I want to give to somebody, but I, I don't know who it is. And, and, and she said, I know why you're here. God is my witness. Exactly what she said. She said, I know why you're here. God sent you. She said, I, I, I can't remember the specific age now, but she said, there's a woman who's 92, just had a birthday, and her family wasn't able to come and visit her. As a matter of fact, her family hasn't seen her in years. She would love a visit. So you know what I did? I went up there, talked with that 92-year-old woman. She had never met me before in my life, and we celebrated her birthday, and we chatted for probably 90 minutes. Can I tell you, that's why we're here. This is not ministry. If you want to have the love of God, can I tell you, we didn't just come to preach the kingdom. We came to demonstrate the kingdom. I know we can preach it, but can we demonstrate it? Can we love the unlovable? Can we love those that people have forgotten about? We are here to serve we're here to serve I know it may not be what you want to hear but read your Bible Philippians 2 verse 5 it says let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation taking on the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in an appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross in other words what am I saying he went low he descended into the earth. He came down from his perch. And when he came down, the Roman soldiers nailed him unto the cross. And hell had a party. Demons thought they had killed him. But what they didn't know is that because he descended into his purpose, death could not hold him. The grave could not stop him. Hell was not powerful enough to put the fire and the light out because he has a name that's above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. So hear me, extraordinary church, please. Your purpose is often tied to your dissension. You will never be used greatly until you descend deeply. See, 5,000 people, not counting women and children. What are we going to do, Lord? All we have is some bread, five loaves of bread, two fish. How in the world are we going to feed all these hungry people? Praise God. 5,000, and they're ready to eat. Not hungry, but hungry. Like, you know, Thanksgiving dinner, boy, Thanksgiving dinner, I could fast too. The only time I can fast, like, and not bad an eye, like a day or two before Thanksgiving, because I know I'm going hard. That's like the day, I, I make so much gravy that like gravy gets on my macaroni and cheese, on my stuffing, on my yams, praise God, on my vegetables, praise God. It just, it's like a pool of gravy. As a matter of fact, gravy is like the entree. No, I'm just, it's, it's, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not that bad. Praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He said, but, what was I talking about? Help me, Jesus. That food. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Gravy, gravy, yeah. I need to preach on gravy. Please don't do white gravy. Do brown gravy. Praise God. 
I got a few people in. I thought I, I need a stronger amen. I need some brown gravy. Praise God. So 5,000 people, Lord, not including women and children. How are we going to feed them? Jesus asked, what, what do you have? What do you have? Bring me that which you have. And watch the order. They, they bring the five loaves and two fish to him. And this is what he does, Jacqueline. He blesses it, then he breaks it. Hear me. You can never be used. You'll never be used to feed hungry people until you've been blessed and broken. Might I suggest to you that your purpose is found in humility and dissension? I know this is not popular, but see, this is what the church must get back to. If we're ever going to be used mildly of God, we've got to get away from reputation. Some of us are so self-absorbed about what everybody else thinks about us. Matter of fact, most of us are so concerned that we claim we have these alleged haters when I can just tell you your haters ain't worried about you. They're not even thinking about you. And you're so obsessed with trying to find affirmation and social media. You've built a shrine unto yourself. But it is not about you and it is not about I. It is not about our reputation. Can I tell you we need to get back to humbling ourselves at the foot of the cross and before we can do let me tell you extraordinary church before we can do what everybody wants to do while everybody is looking we have to be happy doing what nobody wants to do while nobody's looking so Jesus descended into greatness he descended into purpose he moved in to the neighborhood and there are a couple of things that I need to let you know when a church moves into the neighborhood. Here's how we change a city. Number one is the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I find no way around this fact. See, Jesus did not come to be a social agency. He didn't come to establish the church so that we could meet societal needs and social needs. Yes, 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 we meet societal needs. Yes, we meet social needs. And we do improve the quality of life for people living in our community here and abroad. But might I suggest to you that there is something far more powerful than just meeting needs. We must be people who preach the everlasting gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said it in the book of Corinthians, the second chapter, the 22nd verse. He said, when I came to you, I purposed within my heart to know nothing about you or nothing among, know nothing among you but Jesus Christ and him crucified. He could have talked about a thousand things, but there was only one thing that brings life and hope and deliverance and salvation. And it is the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is exactly why Paul told them in the first chapter of Corinthians, chapter 1, verse 19 through 22. He said, listen, God chose the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Can I tell you, the preached word of God will turn our world upside down. We have to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not just talking about preaching hermeneutically and homiletically from behind the pulpit. I'm talking about living a life that will preach louder and more effectively than any sermon can ever preach. You, 
You are preaching right now every time you go to work. Don't have a bad attitude. Choose to live in faith and put a smile on your face. Encourage somebody. What are you doing? You're preaching. Listen to the person who's on the precipice of divorce. What are you doing? You're preaching. Give somebody hope and declare that Jesus is here. What are you doing? You're preaching. I go to Starbucks. I frankly go because I'm trying to reach people. And I was there Friday. Praise God. Man, we were connected. Then I went back Saturday. Mia, we we had the snowball fight yesterday. Mm Mm-hmm. Sophia and Melissa, boy, I tell you, got to watch them. Dangerous. I pulled, Mia said, matter of fact, we were all going to go to Starbucks. Pastor Mateo, all of us, we were going to leave. And we pulled up to Starbucks, and the guy was like, he said, man, he said, I just want to tell you, you are my favorite customer. And you know what? He said, you're so down to earth, and you talk to me. And I said, man, I said, thank you. He said, what's all that stuff on your head? (laughs) I said, well, what had happened was, I said, we had this snowball fight. He said, and you do the craziest stuff. He said, how did you do a snowball fight? I said, well, we had these young people, young adults, man. We flower and these, you know, I was trying to explain it. He was like, uh, it, it didn't. I said, it's, it's, he said, oh, that sounds fun. I said, yeah, as you can tell. But you know what's funny is he, he, he's, as he said, Mia was there in Lincoln. As he said, you're my favorite customer. As God is my witness, uh, uh, another barista came from running around the store. She was like, yeah, that's true. You're my favorite customer too. What am I trying to tell you? We're here to encourage people. We're here to love people and to lift them up. We have an answer. We have a hope and his name is Jesus There is a hope in his name. There is healing in his name. There's deliverance in his name. There's salvation in the name of Jesus. Praise God. But I'm concerned that if we're not careful, we get too fancy. We get too complicated. Yes, there are programs and structures and administration. We need all that, and we do it for the community. But if we don't have the right message, we'll never see the right blessing. Because the blessing of God rides on the message of God. I need you to hear me. See, God doesn't change something in the earth until earth hears a word from heaven. And the word from heaven that is now being declared in the earth that brings hope to the hopeless and salvation to the lost is the kingdom of God is here. You know why I've got good news for the greater Toronto, Hamilton area? The kingdom of God is here. Do you know why we have good news? The kingdom of God is here. And this is why the message of the church cannot be come hold hands with me and let's sing kumbaya. I'm telling you right now, it's always been Jesus. It will always be Jesus. It'll never stop being Jesus. He is the only answer. He is the only hope. And I'm telling you, we have to declare Jesus Christ. If we want to see our city blessed, we got to preach the right message. Methods always change. Methods always change, but the message is forever. When we move into the neighborhood, I don't believe it is to merely become 
undercover with life improvement methods. That's why everyone here is welcome. Not only will they be welcomed, they'll be loved. I thought I'd get a better response. That's why black is welcomed here, white is welcomed here, brown is welcomed here, yellow is welcomed here, red is welcomed here. That's why heterosexual is welcomed here, homosexual is welcomed here, transgender is welcomed here. Let me go a step further. That's why vaccinated are welcomed here, non-vaccinated are welcomed here. I'm telling you there is room for everybody in the body of Christ at Extraordinary Church politically conservative or liberal, educated or uneducated, rich or poor, makes no difference. There is room for you here at Extraordinary Church. This is why we exist. This is our purpose. Whew. And the reality of it is, you know what? We wouldn't have, I'm talking about the church, not Extraordinary Church, but we wouldn't have such a tough time reaching people but they're just a bunch of mean-spirited Christians who don't necessarily stand with Christ. They just stand against people. Truth be told, we know, we know some church folk, folk more for what they're against than who they're for. See, the church, I'm not talking about EC, has been running people off because they've been mean and religious. But I'm gonna fix that right now in Jesus' name. Jesus hung out with more sinners than he did Pharisees. You don't have to like it, but it's in your Bible. He was never intimidated by the drunkard or the wine bibber. He was never intimidated by the sinner. He was never intimidated by the whore or the whoremongerer. He was never intimidated by a tax collector. He was never intimidated by a glutton or a liar. He was never intimidated by any of that. He loved everybody and that's the message of the kingdom come I have a God who will love you in spite of your circumstances in spite of your mess in spite of your brokenness your dysfunction I have a God who loves you and is the answer oh give him praise That's why I'm so particular about who stands in this pulpit. Because if you're going to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, love people. And if you're not going to love people, then don't preach the gospel. Go sell car extended warranties. But love people. That's why we exist to help ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. It's no bait and switch here at Extraordinary Church. See, I understand that Extraordinary Church might not be the church for everybody. However, you need to know we are a Bible-believing church. And Jesus Christ is the head and chief cornerstone of this assembly. We will not try to sneak you in or sneak the gospel in or bait and switch you with some stuff we're not a, we I, I can't bait and switch you into a relationship with jesus christ i can't sneak jesus in there that's why i have a problem with so i'm not calling anybody out but i don't listen to them if i'm just being transparent i don't listen to certain artists who claim to love jesus and they'll sing about a whole bunch of other stuff but then they'll try to sneak jesus in 
I, I, ain't, I ain't mad at nobody. I ain't blasting them. I just choose not to listen to them myself. You can do what you want to do, but I choose. You know, this is just me, not anybody else, but I choose. Since he didn't just sneak up on Calvary's cross and do it in a corner, he did it all for me, for the whole entire world to see. I don't think I'm going to be ashamed of him today or tomorrow. I think I'm going to claim him because I was a nobody when he claimed me and he came after me. I'm telling you, God found me me in my mess so I'm not going to sneak anything it's always about Jesus Christ and him being high and lifted up here at extraordinary church and we might not be the smartest Isabella we might not be the most educated I kind of said the same thing twice we might not be the most affluent uh most whatever it is but we are the most grateful Mississauga needs to hear the name of Jesus. Toronto needs to hear the name of Jesus. And not only when we move into the neighborhood do we have to preach the gospel, but the second thing we have to do is demonstrate the kingdom. If you look at this, this is exactly what Jesus did. Go to Matthew 4. He preaches and teaches in the synagogue. The Bible says he went around everywhere preaching and teaching the kingdom. And then Stephen, he demonstrates the kingdom. My God. <laughs> Jesus, help me today, Lord. I am getting ready to wrap this up. Come on, uh, princess. Praise God. I was about to call her Pookie, even though I know I just did. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm trying to, Mia. I found out a lot of times when we want to preach the gospel, we don't want to demonstrate the kingdom. See? May we never preach one thing, but demonstrate something else. You are the salt of the earth, Matthew 5, 13. But if that salt loses its favor, flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under, underfoot by men. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. We are the salt and light of the greater Toronto Hamilton area. Praise God. You know what, my friend, uh, Josh Resar, he was with us, was it last week? But some of y'all follow me on social media, and I just posted, I said, like, this happened to me earlier this week. I didn't have anything to do with those stakes. That was Josh's doing. He told me how he seasoned the stakes. He said, man, 24 hours beforehand, I get my my organic Himalayan sea salt and I shake that salt and you know on both sides and I rub it into the, 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 the steak and I put it in the fridge and I let it sit overnight and see that when I tasted it man and you know he, he told me of all the preparation got the grill up to 700 degrees he said when I get it up that hot it just because it's going to make the edges crispy and you know right but then it's gonna I'm gonna bring it down he was explaining all that to me but can I tell you that the salt added a different dimension of flavor to that steak 
what kind of flavor are you adding to your community we need some salt shakers at extraordinary church what kind of, we, we need some folks that are just willing to, to shake 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 praise God shake some salt out your life praise God we got this is why this is why you know what I'm not trying to front on anybody this is why you can't be like you it's like an oxymoron to be like uptight and be like a Christian at the same time I mean cuz how you how you gonna love somebody like this when you just looking at everybody like look at them they're doing wrong stuff uh, no what you need to do is loosen up shake out some salt praise God some of y'all shaking that's what you need don't don't, don't shake too much praise God <laughs> some of y'all I don't need you to do all that praise God just need you to shake a little bit praise God some of y'all, yeah, some of y'all were just, I'm like, no. <laughs> shake, shake, shake. Praise God. Who lives in Etobicoke? I want you to stand. Praise God. You know what? I need y'all to shake, shake your salt in Etobicoke. I know you live in Scarborough, Stephen and Jasmine, stand up. No, stay standing. Praise God. Praise God. I need you to shake your salt in Scarborough. Praise God. Who lives in Toronto? I want you to stand. I need you to shake your salt in Toronto. Praise God. Who lives in Mississauga? I need you to stand. I need you to shake your salt in Mississauga. Who lives in Brampton? I need you to stand. I need you to shake your salt in Brampton. The objective is to get us all standing. Praise God. Who lives in Milton? I need you to stand. Who lives in Oakville? I need you to stand. Who lives in Burlington? I need you to stand. Who lives in Barrie? I need you to stand. Who lives in Hamilton? I need you to stand. Who lives in Brantford? I need you to stand. I'm Praise who lives in Markham is that where you live I need you to stand why because we have been called to shake our salt for the glory of God what have we been called to do take over for the kingdom so here's what we're going to do you got to ask yourself this question hear me do people want something to do with God because of you or do they want to run from God because of you? When is the last time you saw a Christian be shaken? I'll just do it one more time. Praise God. Maybe one more time. Praise God. Because it feels good. Praise God. It feels good to shake out God. When's the last time you put a good flavor in people's lives? the kingdom of God when we think about what God has called us to do in this city it could be considered a daunting task there's so much dysfunctionality brokenness and hopelessness in this city but we can look at that one of two ways we can say wow we have a lot of messed up people in the region we live or we could say wow God sent us here to deal with it I choose to believe God sent us here to deal with it so let me tell you what we're fixing to do we're fixing to pray but before we pray we're going to begin to get more involved in the community COVID threw us off and we did some cool things 
we did some cool things during COVID. We, it was cool. We, we fed 500 folks, had some, praise God. We just, yeah, yeah. Fred was a part of that. You know what? They just cooked delicious, fully nutritious meals. And the, food was, the food was the bomb. Listen, my wife, unrelated, this was not, you know, she, she has to have like well done steak, like super like cooked, like, like praise God, I think like shoe leather. But she had some, we had Fred, Fred, you know, he's an amazing cook. And we were, it was COVID, we did it, it was our 20th anniversary. Man, Fred came over, hooked that thing up. She was eating that steak and there was a lot of pink in it. She was like, it's the, she, that's what she tells everybody. She said, the best I've ever had, praise God. Fred put his foot in that steak. But you know what? <laughs> we did some really cool things. We did some cool things. But here's, we, and we've seen God do some, we, we, we bought a car not too recently, a used car. Thank you, Omar, we're a great help to a single mom in need. It was amazing. But we're about to launch into a partnership with Mississauga Food Bank. And you know what we're about to do? We went there, we shot the video, JP was there and Stacy was there helping us with community impact. Uh, she's probably still recovering from the snowball fight, praise God. I don't see it. <laughs> but you know what? We were there and uh, we were talking about we can impact the community. And you know what I'm believing? I'm believing we're going to get so much food donated. And not only do I want to donate a ton of food, I want to give them $5,000 to just make a difference in the community. What am I doing? I'm just shaking salt. I'm just shaking salt. You know what, we're just, and you know what, when I did it, I tried, I, I tried to keep my composure because I was so moved. We were there and I saw people pulling up to the food bank, waiting in line to get food, waiting. And I thought to myself, this is why we're going to do what we're doing. This is why we're going to partner with an agency that is making a difference. This is what God has called us to do by faith. Also, you know, we were having conversation with some of our leadership team. We're going to begin to launch virtual tutoring programs to help kids who maybe have fallen behind. We're going to begin to engage our community. We're going to begin to serve the community in greater ways. God has called us to make a difference. So my question to you is, how is God wanting to use you? You know what? Some things can happen. And they don't have to even be a ministry of extraordinary church. I'm, I, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, extraordinarychurch.ca. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.